This is episode number 191 with Sharon Trivatsa. New concepts and ideas to help you reach your full potential. Reach your full potential. Reach your full potential. Small win, small win, small win. Keep your momentum going. The Success 101 Podcast. Welcome to the Success 101 Podcast. This is your host, Jared Warren. And each episode, my goal is to bring you a new concept or idea to help you maximize your full potential. Thanks for joining me here today. Now let's kick things off. Hey guys, welcome back to the Success 101 Podcast. I am so fired up as always to be here with you. And as always, this is your host, Jared Warren. I've had an awesome week this week here with my financial advising team the financial advisors that I coach, my private coaching clients. And really this week, guys, I took a lot of time reading through some of the emails and comments that you guys are sending in. And as I've mentioned before, that's really what makes this podcast worthwhile. I can get behind a microphone and record or bring on high impact people to send out to you guys, but it's your comments that keeps this thing going, letting me know how it's impacting you, how you're rocking the year for 2018, and what you guys are doing to reach higher levels of peak performance. Today's show is brought to you by Ample, the awesome meal replacement drink that has so many of you hitting higher levels of peak performance with both brain and body functions based on the awesome ingredients that the team over at Ample has put into this meal replacement shake. Faithful listeners have heard me talk about Ample over and over, and I can't stop talking about this awesome meal in a bottle with some of the most quality fats, clean burning carbohydrates, probiotics, and a ton of good stuff out there that you can't find anywhere. Head to success101podcast.com forward slash ample, that's A-M-P-L-E, and grab your 400 or 600 calorie shake today, and I can promise you, you won't be sorry that you did. Now, let's get right into my awesome episode today with my good friend, Sharon Srivatsa, who has had a tremendous amount of success in his personal and professional life. Sharon is a sought-after, growth-focused entrepreneur, keynote speaker, mastermind facilitator, and respected thought leadership resource for publications such as the Wall Street Journal, Huffington Post, and Forbes. Most recently, he grew Telus Properties by 10x in five years and led its acquisition to national real estate powerhouse Douglas Elliman, where he is now the president of brokerage for the Western region. After leading Tela's unprecedented 10x growth over five years and a three-year consecutive streak on the Inc. 500 list, Sharon's focus continues to be on growth, culture, and innovation. And as you can tell, I could go on and on about Sharon's success, but the biggest thing is, is he is such an outside-the-box thinker. He is extremely meticulous about how he maps out his day and plans out his vision for where he's going in the future. And I could not wait to get his peak performance message to you guys here on the Success 101 podcast. I know you guys are going to have a ton of takeaways from hearing the way Sharon thinks and the way he methodically tackles each task in front of him when he has his sights set on success. This is one I couldn't wait to bring to you guys. So without any further delay, let's jump right into my conversation with the one and only Sharon Srivatsa. Sharon, welcome to the Success 101 podcast, buddy. How are things today? Jared, thank you for having me on. I'm super excited to be with you. I'm fired up for you to be on. I get excited about every guest, but I know that you and I share a little bit of a similar story in our, our background. I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag too quickly here, but I'm excited to dive into that. Also, we share some pretty dynamic mutual connections in Bedros and Craig Ballantyne and some great people out there doing amazing things. And I'm just happy to have you on. I know you're going to bring a lot of background here, a lot of actionable points. It would be really helpful to know with the amazing things you're doing today, how you did get to where you are. So as far back as you want to go, let's go there. And then I know we're going to open up a ton of great things for the listeners today. Awesome. Well, thank, thank you for having me on. And I, and I think um, a lot of listeners don't understand and appreciate what it takes to find and mind great people, get them on the schedule, put a podcast together. So kudos to you for doing this. And I, I love your show. So thank you for having me on. Um, you know, Jared, I, I, a lot of, a lot of times people start back kind of that, Hey, here, here's where I was born and here's what I did. But I want to, I want to take us back to just a, a very simple uh, time when I think a lot of your listeners would, would appreciate it. So my partners and I, we, uh, we, got into this business, uh, in this real estate brokerage business, if you will, about seven years ago. And we thought it had phenomenal opportunity. And I was really excited because I 
I was waiting for an opportunity where I could just um, just unleash the entrepreneurial spirit, if you will. And we realized that with the markets the way they were and the and the business the way it was, that we could really achieve. Uh, phenomenal impact with this 10x growth idea. So we set the goal where we would grow the company 10x. And Jared, what happened was, uh, as the growth happened, I realized something. I realized that uh, the business was growing 10x and the way I was contributing to that was I was doing it by throwing my heart, soul, uh, and you know, spirit physically and mentally at it. But I had not grown as fast as the business was growing. I had not grown personally as fast as the business was growing. And uh, one thing that really happened, which really shook my life was I got really sick. Um, I got, uh, you know, a ton of, you know, digestive system issues. And, and a lot of it was stress related to the point where I couldn't even, I could barely even wake up and work anymore. And that's where uh, kind of this journey of thinking about my life in a much more holistic way started. Let's take a step back a little bit. I just think people's stories are all fascinating. We all have our, you know, even if somebody's story sounds similar to somebody else, right? It, it, there's something there. There's something in there that makes it uniquely yours. Some people don't even know that they didn't grow as fast personally as they did professionally, or some people maybe don't want to think that about themselves, right? Because we always want to put ourselves on a little bit of a different pedestal until we really start examining ourselves. I'm putting myself in the listener's shoes out there that's hearing this and either creating something huge or they've got the desire to do that. How do you think you even got to the stage, just being transparent here, was it a kind of a fake it till you make it type thing and you knew you weren't ready? Or did you really think you were ready? But then once the stresses and the demands came on, that's when it really became apparent to you. You know, great question. I I, I actually thought I was ready. Uh, the we when we when we set up to grow the business, and I'll give you a very simple uh, just metrics to to grow with. We were uh, we are a coast. We we ran one, one of our businesses. We ran a coastal real estate uh, agency in the California coast uh, coastal market, so central to Southern California. We had when I joined the firm, we had fifty five agents uh, selling real estate in Beverly Hills, and uh, as of kind of January one, we have. 630. So we grew 10x in five years. And I actually believe that to create both economically and for impact that uh, we had, we had to create that impact, we had to create that growth. So we actually sat down, worked with the coach, built a blueprint. And I, I, I was pretty excited, Jared, I knew that I could do it. I just had no idea what it took along the way. I think a lot of people do realize they're in a little bit over their heads, but they think just through their pure talent, their pure grit, determination, the hustle, the grind, all the words we hear about today, that everything will take care of itself if they just keep pushing forward. And that's why I'll speak for you and I here. We can't just muscle it through, you know, but some people are really kidding themselves thinking, I know I'm in over my head. For you, it was a little different. For you, maybe myself as well, if I'm putting myself in the same shoes as you, we really thought we were there but we really didn't know what it took and the demands that it was going to take until we really started getting beaten down. I know you were doing some things with Goldman Sachs and Credit Suisse before that. If you're allowed to speak on that, what was your role with them and how did that really prepare you? Yeah, to totally. So, I, um, uh, you know, I, I learned work ethic at Goldman. I mean, I had 39 one-on-one -on -one interviews to get a post-business school, post-MBA to get uh, a, a, you know, a role at Goldman. I was on their investment management, private wealth side of the business. So uh, very similar to, you know, the world that you, you play in in one of your spaces. Um, the, the Wall Street world is, you know, really, really doggy dog world, right? And so I... I I, I, I say this often to um, people who wanting to go into the into the uh, into the investment banking businesses. <laughs> Jared, it's, this is so crazy. I thought that I worked my face off. I mean, I would I would get there as early as possible. I would leave as late as possible. And in my entire four and a half five years doing that, I was never the first one in and never the last one out. Wow. And that's just, that's insane. Like not for one day. And I, I I've gotten there. I, I've left at 2am. I've gotten there at 2am and I was never the first one in our <laughs> last one. And that's just insane. Right. And then, and, and I think that was when I thought, Hey, you know what, if I could turn this around and be a business operator where I could actually drive the blueprint that I've set for myself, maybe I can create a path and create a destiny that, uh, and a bigger and better future for myself. I'm assuming here, so correct me if I'm wrong, you were in your 20s at that time. Is that right? Yes, I was. Yeah, I am 37 now. I was uh, I was in I was in my late 20s then. Okay, so for someone in their 20s who's tuning in or for someone on into their 30s or even 40s who maybe is making a career switch and doing something different, looking back, hindsight 2020, right? What are the things you would have said to yourself back then knowing what you know now and what you can tell our listeners who are maybe experiencing 
the same thing either before or after a big move like you did? As always, Jared, I think looking back, hindsight's twenty twenty. but what I say may be hokey. Um, I never believed that the the majority of what we do is our is 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 like is the psychology the skills and the um you know the mechanics are the minority maybe 20 25% if i could have had just a just a better mindset and better psychology on on how to think about the world how to take uh rejection better how to uh you know create more positivity in my life how to actually visualize a goal and believe in believe that you know i have the ability to affect it not no, they don't teach you any of that in you know business school or anywhere, right. it, and it's so sad that you have to learn all that the hard way. Um, and uh, if I could look back, and the, the the biggest thing, if I just had a little bit more of a psychological edge, it would have it would have given me a completely different trajectory in my life. If we're looking back on the youngsters out there, it's easy to say, oh, looking back, you know, back in my day, whatever. But this information applies to anybody. There are more people at later ages, research shows, making big career changes or making big pivots who still have not yet arrived in that personal growth space. And you're right. The School of Hard Knocks is a great place to learn. It's not, not a lot of fun to go through, but it just seems like there would be more in business school, more in just the academia out there that would teach us more about those things. And they don't. So you have to cut your teeth and that's a good thing. But there should be more. <laughs> there should be more education. So for people in their 20s, 30s, 40s, again, like I said, if you're putting yourself in their shoes, knowing what you know today after the leap that you've taken and the, the things that you've done. You just mentioned the, the hindsight 2020, the lessons you would learn, that psychological edge, those sort of things. What do you wish you had been reading or diving into back then to personally grow yourself, to expand your horizons, your mind that you later found out you should have been tapping into that would have gotten you a little bit further along? You know, it's a great question. So, so that the answer is very simple because the answer is, what am I doing now that I should have been doing earlier, right? right. Which, is, which is exactly what it is. And I'll tell you, so the first thing is, uh, Jared, and I'm sure you'd agree with me on this one, is we spend so much more time uh, on what do I want to be? What do I want to achieve? What are my ambitions? What are my aspirations? As to being, as to flipping it, and this may sound hokey, but um, you know, one of my coaches always says, you know, you get bonus points for telling the truth. The faster and sooner we all realize who we are and how we're wired, that itself goes a long, long way. So, for example, like I'm just wired, like I'm wired for a high energy, I'm wired for a high contribution. I want to do stuff. I want to. I go, 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 go. I just want to. To me, until I'm creating, until I'm working, until I'm pushing, until I'm uh, doing. I, I don't feel the fire. I don't feel the love. I don't feel the fa passion. And a lot of people think that that may be, hey, there's Sharon bragging. It's actually really painful. It's really, it, you know, entrepreneurship is a life sentence. It's a curse. And my, and my, like my wife, she, I mean, it, it affects our marriage all the time because we would go on a vacation and we sit on a beach and my wife's like, can you just chill out for like five minutes? And I was like, I'm just not wired this way. And then it took us you know, five, you know, five, eight, nine, ten years of marriage for her to realize that that's just the state I'm in. And, and the faster I think we have some self-awareness as to who we are and being totally OK with that, I think that allows us to figure out, um, you know, what we want to do. And I'll tell you this, Jared, I think I never realized this. Um, if I could have if there's one thing, if there's one thing that I could have done 10 years ago that I didn't do 10 years ago, it would be to get a coach straight up. You just don't, when you're inside the bottle, you just can't read the label, right? Or, or whatever analogy you want to use. You don't have outside eyes. And I remember my first coach, I, uh, I was really impressed with this, uh, with this lady. She was just, in, you know, I saw her speak at a conference. She was just fantastic. Uh, I was thinking, I was like, wow, wouldn't it be amazing if I could be her, you know, if she could be my mentor. And so I talked to my dad about it. My dad said, hey, the fastest way to get her to be your mentor is to walk over to her or call her and say, hey, listen, here's a check. Make the, make the number as big as what you can afford. Here's a check and tell her you expect nothing except for the fact that you can reach out once in a while and that she'd prioritize your communications over others. That's it. You didn't want a formal relationship. You just paid for access. I was like, Dad, how, how do you do that? And he goes, come up with a number, Sharon, that you can handle that is so painful, but you can handle it. And so I called her, Jared. I offered her, the, and, and you, should have, you should have heard the silence on the phone. And she said, no one's ever done that. You're in. I don't know what you're looking for, but if these are the terms I'm in. And so I just got, 
I didn't even have any formalized coaching. I would just reach out and say, hey, I'm struggling with this. Can you help me think through this? And I would get prioritized access to a coach. And since that day, since 10 years ago till today, I, I am 100% okay with paying for access because when you, when you, if you don't pay, you don't pay attention, right? And coaching, you know, business mentoring, I'm a 100% good paying for, for access because that was the fastest change in trajectory overall. So I would say coaching was probably number one and that changed everything. Well, and to let the cat out of the bag a little bit for the listeners, I know you spent some time with Joe Polish as well, which you got to pay for that. That's not given away either. So, so I know, I know he says that a lot is that you're not going to pay attention unless you actually have to pay for it. And there's a lot of people out there that, I mean, we've all been there, right? We want to get something for free. We want to cut corners, but coaching is just not really something you can do that on for those listening out there. If you've never had a formal engagement with a coach, I don't care what age you are, go all in because number one, you're not going to take it as seriously, but they may not either. How much time would she have given you above maybe other people or things in life she was working on had you tried to do it for free? You know, I mean, that's, that's great advice by your dad. I love that. Just kind of on a side note here, I'm, I'm just curious as I'm thinking through this, I'm sure you've gone through a round or two of your own personality tests, but sometimes those tests help. Sometimes those tests don't. Do you have any out there for people who are really trying to use that as their first step to learn who they really are? Are there any great ones that you would recommend that have really given you some relevance on that? Yeah, you know, great question. I uh, I love, uh, I've done I've done several of them, uh, you know, the Myers-Briggs and all of that stuff. But the one thing that stands out, which I come back to over and over uh, again, Jared, is the Colby. I don't know if you've heard of it. Yeah. K-O-L-B-E. And my suggestion is to, uh, the, the hardest part about the, the, the tests are, or the column, the, the indicators are the instruments. It would be amazing if you have a team or your family, just to do them, do them for everybody. Just so you understand, it's just not, not just who you are, but who you are in relation to the people that you'll work with every day. That is the most powerful thing. When you can get Everybody coming into an organization, say we have a small team of eight people, everybody takes the Colby and then you all use the Colby kind of, um, uh, you know, nomenclature. So they're like, oh yeah, Sharon's a quick start. Don't give him any notes because he's very bad with prepping. Do whatever you want with him, you know, in a creative space because he's going to come up with better ideas when you don't prep him as opposed to when you do prep him. That's completely different. So the team understands that. And Whereas it may be for our CFO where, hey, you need to have a prep email to him before you actually walk in the meeting because that's how he thinks. That's a, I think that awareness both for yourself and for the team members looking in is super powerful. Uh, just doing what I've noticed here, just doing the type indicators in isolation uh, does not provide any transformation. Right. And you hit the nail on the head. I've not personally taken the Colby yet, but I had two very respectable people in my life last year tell me almost the same thing that I needed to take it. But they both said that basically what you said is it's not just really for you like some tests are out there. You really need to do it with your entire team. So for those listening out there who maybe have tried, you know, disc profiles or others out there, maybe even tried the Colby. The other thing that I hear from some people is you'll get one person who's amazing in their space that maybe says, yeah, the Colby really didn't do a lot for me. It was this other test over here. Or maybe that test didn't do anything. It was the Colby. I think you have to take a few different ones in order to find out because all of them, they're not going to nail it 100%, right? Right. And though they've really done a good job over the years of really winnowing that down to a science, I, I would encourage you guys to dip your hand in all of them. But I really need to get on the Colby because that's the one, I think of all the ones out there I've had guests on talk about, that is the one that I have not dipped my toes into yet. And I probably just need to get my team on it here for 2018. And you know, and Jared, it's super easy to do. I, the other thing I would, uh, the two things that I love about the Colby, number one, Kathy Colby is the daughter of Wonderlick, the Wonderlick test. And the second thing, her, uh, the, the whole Colby's uh, perception and mentality, which is very cool, which is what attracted me to it, was that you can take it at any point in your life and it will not change. That's awesome. And, and that, that was the biggest attract, attraction for me, which I was like, okay, well, this actually goes to the heart of who you are and what you do and how you are. And, and uh, I think, Jared, you made a great point. If you take, um, if the listener takes one, two or three type indicators, they'll very quickly start to see uh, the pattern on, you're going to see some similarities. And that is definitely some awareness building similarities. That's right. We had gotten up to the point where you really had mentioned you hadn't grown as personally as you thought you had and, and you were stepping into this professional arena started having maybe some GI tract or gut issues, started having um, stress. Your wife, you said, even in later years, had picked up on the fact that this is just kind of how you're wired. Fill in the gaps of getting us up to the present time and what you dealt with and how you got through it. 
You know, um, it, it, it was a, it was a dark time in my life, uh, and I had to, uh, I had to do this in in isolation. I had to do this. I had to kind of go through the healing process without my team knowing that I was actually struggling with it. And Jared, that was probably the hardest thing, because we were. I had to had this outward facing front that I was driving this organization. I was creating culture. I was building, uh, the, you know, driving the growth plan that we had. But at the same time. Uh, I, my, my health was breaking down after, after going through different, uh, uh kind of health, uh, med- medical resources, I, I came upon this amazing naturopath and he said to me, he's like, Hey, give me six weeks and I'll at least find out what's wrong with you. Like, that was awesome. Like that was the first time that someone didn't just go to, let me heal you. He just stopped and he said, say, give me six weeks and let me find what's wrong. Like what is actually bothering you? And so we did a bunch of tests, et cetera. And Jared, here's the kicker. He just said, Hey, I have a several recommendations for you, but the first one you're not going to like. He said, all I need you to do is your and your liver enzymes, your liver toxicity seems to be much higher at night than it is in the morning. Cause we've done a bunch of tests. And he said, but looking at these tests, Sharon, all I would suggest just for now is be awake more early on and go to sleep as early as possible. Just switch your day, shift your day up. And he's like, you'll live longer if you just wake up earlier. I was like, oh my gosh. And, and I thought that uh, I, I was, I got my best, I, well, I assumed that I got my best work done when all the emails kind of stopped coming at, at us at nine o'clock at night. I would just plow and do deep work from 9 p.m. to like 2 a.m. And I would sleep and I would sleep in seven, eight, nine, whatever. But I, I would feel that what would help me go to bed, Jared, was the feeling of accomplishment. That's what would make me go right. to bed. And that's insane. Like that's, that's insane. And so I said, okay, well, uh, so I tried, so I tried waking up early. So I said, all right, maybe I'll wake up at five o'clock. And I tried and I had these very volatile, you know, ways to wake up. I just never woke up. And, um, and, and I called, uh, I was talking to my coach and she said, Hey, so if your doctor said that you should wake up early, let's, let's try to create an environment where you can. So she goes, pull out your phone and look at the three people that you texted last. Sounds like they're your friends. Text all three of them and tell them that you're going to call them at five in the morning for the next seven days. And I said, my friends are going to, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be mad that I did that. She's like, no, go do that. If they're true friends, find the other three. But when you have public accountability, you will never let three people down. Like you will never do that. And so I did, I did shoot out this text message. I got three people who said, Hey, I, they were like, hey, hey, you know, um, I said, I'll call you at uh, five in the morning. You're my accountability. And so the first response to them was, well, what are you going to say? I said, oh, good question. I'll make something inspirational. I'll, I'll make it worth your while for two or three minutes. Uh, you know, something funny, something inspirational. I'll have a message. And they said, fine. So the day came. I made the first call. I got, you know, I conference all three of them in the four of us. I shared um, at five in the morning, I was barely coherent. I shared the message and I, you know, I, I, some kind of inspirational message. I don't know what it was. And they said, oh, that was cool. And then they came right back on the next day. Then the third day, the third day, Jared, they said, hey, do you mind if we invite other people to this call? Hey, I, I'm doing one to many. I don't care who, how many people are on. This is my reason. This is my, uh, you know, kind of my penance to be up at 5 a.m. because I made a commitment to the three of you. And so the, that those three invited more and invited more and invited more. We've been I've been doing this for uh, close to two years now, and we have over a thousand people on the call today. Wow! Uh, and we uh, it's called the Five AM Club. I probably don't know you know probably I probably don't know eight hundred people on the call. I probably know the two hundred, but it's organically grown. I wake up every morning. We do it seven days a week. I wake up every morning at four fifty nine. I dial into the call. It's a conference call. It's accountability for everybody to be on a great Facebook page. And I, Jared, there is no way I would have ever woken up so many days in a row and created a you know a, a message to share, maybe of, of humor or inspiration or what have you, every morning at five a.m. If I did not have the accountability, and I would tell you that was probably the keystone habit, the trigger that completely changed how I started to live my life. Wow, that's so awesome! Just something so simple, but so powerful and profound that it also is magnetizing for other people to come in and join on. Just on a side note here, small details mean a lot when you're talking about implementing certain rituals and habits and things like that. And I've been surprised through the podcast; it's not the big stuff that people write in and ask me about. It's the little small details, and I can imagine people writing in 
you said it's a it's a conference call system, so I'm sure it's like a you know for people out there, it's like one eight hundred free conference call, or, you know, or something like that. But in the early days, when you were just picking up, more than likely, correct me if I'm wrong, a cell phone, patching somebody yeah. in, calling. How did you guys start building more people into that in an easy way? Was it just having somebody call the next person or whatever before you got an actual thing that was going? What What did you use? What system? Yeah, so originally we just had, uh, I, I just conferenced a few people in for the first few days and then I just set up a conference call, like a free conference call number. And, uh, and after, after, uh, uh, like the first, we had that conference call number for at least a year and then it started affecting people's ability to log in because it was, they were getting timed out or not being able to get on. So on this private Facebook page, I would get irate people saying, Sharon, this is insane. I was up. I committed to being on this and I got a busy tone. I tried five times. And so I just upped my, uh, you know, I just went and bought an enterprise system this year uh, just so everybody could get on. And it was a no pin, one dial in. So now everyone's happy that they can all, you know, it can support thousands of users. And so I just pay, I just pay the money so that I don't get any more irate people waking up at 5 a.m. And how are you working around time zones and things like that? Because obviously not everyone is waking up at the same 5 a.m. Exactly. So we are, uh, I'm on Pacific time and I just anchor it to Pacific time. We have people um, uh, I have one person dial in from Hawaii, so she's a night owl. So that's her, um, that's her trigger to go to bed, which is pretty cool. And, um, I do, uh, I launch it at 5am and we have people across all time zones. The easternmost time zone I have someone in is dialing in from Iceland. So they're eight hours ahead. Uh, and the westernmost time zone is from Hawaii. We don't do any broadcasts. I actually just, I don't even share the recordings. I keep the recordings, uh, as well, just to give people the, uh, you know, the commitment to being on. We actually started this, Jared, and you, you'll really appreciate this with uh, a 30-day commitment. You had to be on every single day for 30 days. If not, you get kicked off the call. And that's what really started to get people to to build that habit. And you were able to monitor that, I'm assuming. Pretty- yeah, I would just get the call logs and I, you know, I could tell, you know, if, if someone was on or someone was not on. Wow, that is awesome. True accountability right there. People can find that if they go over to 5amclub.net. That's the valid address. Everybody is welcome. It has, you know, it has sample calls on there and it, it's, uh, it's a growing community. I'd say the, the most joyful part of that community, Jared, is the Facebook page, the private Facebook group. We have stories upon stories there of, like I actually recently had, um, you know, a friend of mine who lives in Fresno, California, use the calls as an anchor every day to wake up and he lost, a, he lost 135 pounds in one year. I didn't do anything different, Jared. Number one, instantly my liver enzymes changed. And that's, I have, I have significant liver toxicity. And so I didn't even do anything just by my doctor's advice, just being up earlier and just shifting my day up. It instantly made me healthier. I didn't do anything different. Liver enzymes, elevated liver enzymes, I should say, could be caused by lots of stuff out there. It could be from the extreme overabuse of foods or alcohol to stressing out too much, right? Le- even though we've learned to work really hard over time, getting back to the basics and sleeping will heal many things that you have going on in life. And that, I'm a prime uh, story of that as well. Yeah. And, and you're right. I mean, my liver enzyme numbers were three to four X normal levels. And so, um, and so getting those just even below a hundred were, was a big deal for me and just doing that. And, and, uh, my doctor was like, Hey, you don't have to do anything. We're just going to, you know, run your numbers every week. And if your numbers are below this number, this is good. Like we don't, we don't care about anything else because that's the, like you said, is the Holy grail of, you know, kind of life blueprint where the everything kind of, everything starts and ends in your gut, right? Were you just doing a basic blood test profile to, to get that data or how were you guys going about that? Yeah, exactly. We were just doing very, very simple blood tests with, uh, with just kind of liver panels. I know the, from a, for the optimization and, uh, you know, biohacker folks uh, on the call, the, the one thing that I struggled with a lot, Jared, was the, um, <laughs> the ability to go to bed, go to sleep earlier. Right. And I used, uh, I tried a lot of different things. I, uh, the two things that worked the most for me was, uh, a, ma- a magnesium cream, mm. uh, that for some reason I putting that, uh, I got, I got that from one of my coaches, putting that under my behind my knees, in my armpits and behind my ears, uh, just as the skin being the largest organ to absorb something, uh, you know, highly concentrated levels of magnesium. It helped me sleep a lot. Was it like a, you may not know offhand, I don't know if you're still using that or not, but was that like a magnesium sulfate? Normally in a cream version, I see the sulfate version a lot versus the, the different types of magnesium that are out there. Do you know what type it was by any chance? I'll, I'll find that so we can add it to the show notes if you'd like. I think it was called a super mag or something like that, but I can, I definitely can find it. I, I, I can see the bottle that I use. I still use that every day. I see the bottle that I use and it's just a, a squishy pump type thing that you can, uh, it doesn't smell great, but 
it, it worked, but the, the, this is the thing that you'll appreciate a lot. I, I went through a lot of different natural sleep supplements and kind of the cavernase and, you know, magnesium pills and, uh, you know, combinations of vitamin C and vitamin D. But finally my doctor said to me, he goes, Hey, why don't we try and create something mm. that is built for your metabolism? So we actually went to the lab and engineered a sleep, uh, a sleep pill for me. And I've been actually handing those out to people. It's been wow. awesome. It's completely changed my life. Uh, and it's got, it's only, I, I, you sh- I, I'll, it's all natural. It's only got four things in it. Um, valerian extract, phenobut, 5-HTP and melatonin. Melatonin being the smallest. Oh, it's got phenobut in it. There's yeah, not too many things out there that contain that. That's a very interesting. Ing- I was not expecting you to say that ingredient in there. That's pretty cool. It's just, yeah, it's just those four. And uh, the funny, the last run that I had to do, Jared, I had, you know, the, I think the lab was like, hey, we're, you know, we're not making you uh, sample supplements anymore. You have to order like a full <laughs> batch. So I think I got like eight. I got like eighty bottles of this sitting in my garage now. I, I take magnesium every night. I've heard some people talk about the cream form, and I'm I'm very interested to hear more about this and link this up in show notes for other others to hear about because just what you're saying you struggled with. I mean, coming out of this hindsight being 2020, you know, you're not in the minority now with sleep. I mean, this is a major, major problem. It was my issue sleeping three to four hours a night and then scratching my head every day trying to figure out why I didn't feel great. You feel like, no, it's got to be something else. I'll sleep some other time. It's got to be something else. But anything that can help us wind down at night, magnesium, other, you know, lots of other things that that's interesting. Thanks so much for sharing that. Of course. The, uh, the, the two things, and you asked, um, the two things that I've been very unlike my personality, but in the, in the morning, I do something called uh, uh, morning pages. I don't know if you've heard about this practice at all. And the idea is very simple, which is uh, I just write and I write everything that's in my head. My goal is to just sit and write. And I say, I mean, I'd be like, I'm thinking about my podcast with Jared. Oh, my elbow hurts. I just write everything. I, I, I don't, I just write everything that's in my head to the point where I don't have any thoughts anymore. Generally, I kind of wake up uh, and I do my 5 a.m. club call and then I just sit down and I just write. And Jared, I will tell you, it's like just emptying the cup. I just write. I write till, I, till I'm done writing. Whatever is on my mind, I get it out. And this feeling of euphoria just comes over me. It is the greatest feeling. For those that uh, love the kind of the, the post-workout high, this is my post. It, this doesn't even take, it takes five, seven minutes tops. That's it. And I do the brain up in the morning and the brain up at night. And it just helped those two help me start my day and end my day. Those are my triggers. So as soon as I do my brain up, I shut, shut my notebook down, turn off the lights, I'm off to bed. So those two have turned as uh, just ritualistic triggers for me because I didn't really know because a lot of people struggle with uh, when does my night start? When does my morning start? So kind of use those two, uh, just the time to do the brain dumps as triggers for starting of the day and the end of the yeah, day. Yeah, I'm totally with you. I, I like that idea of sitting down and doing the morning pages. I do my brain dump. My listeners who tune in a lot will know I do my brain dump at night and in the morning on my bathroom mirror, which my wife my wife wishes that I would remember to erase it more times than not when we have guests and stuff over there walking in there and all my notes. I use the guest bathroom to get ready so I don't wake my wife and kids up in the other part of the house. And so I go in there and I'm just marking that thing up and I leave it there. And then the next morning I go in and I do basically the same thing, brushing my teeth. I start thinking of things. I start writing them all down. Then I'll snap a quick picture of it. But I think the pages is helpful because I'm not in a solitary seated spot. Right. But I'm just thinking the morning pages idea might be even better to be just just still and, and quiet. And uh, I, I'm definitely going to try that out for sure. It's, it's, it's so the waking up, uh, the commitment to waking up seven days a week for the 5 a.m. call and writing my morning pages. Has, if, if I could have done that 10 years ago, I'd be excited to see the person I am today if I had looked back. I mean, it would be insane. And Sharon, I know at some point you do the brain dump, you've gotten up early, you've done your call. You got to go out and make the day happen now, right? And we're all aiming for awesome days. That doesn't always happen. We have to ebb and flow with what comes our way. But I know that you like to talk about the phrase masterpiece days. Walk us through what that means to you and how you really try. I know John Wooden is big on masterpiece days and just everything he does, you know, back in his day was trying to get everybody to do masterpiece actions and masterpiece days. What does that really mean to you? And have you really built your days around that? You know, Jared, uh, when I was sick, I I would lay in bed and I would would just wish I could do certain things. I would just wish I could exercise. I would just wish... I would just say, you know what, I, I would pray, could, if only I could have one day which I could design the exact way I wanted, that will make me so much happier. 
and and that's where this concept of the perfect day or the masterpiece day started. And I, uh, I, I tell a lot of my friends this quote, and I said, you know, if you don't know exactly what your perfect day looks like, if you don't know exactly what your masterpiece day looks like, well, you'll never have one. Just that, that's it. Like it's, we don't, we don't have to overcomplicate it at all. Right. And a lot of times we come home and say, oh yeah, did I have a good day or not? There's no filter for it at all. And so I decided, and, and in, not in an extremely structured way, I decided in a very simple way, how could I put a framework together for a, um, a masterpiece day? So I, I can walk you through, there's six kind of components to my masterpiece day. I'm very happy to kind of share it. And some people, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. So th- there's six components for it's eat, move, sleep. That's what we need for our human drives, eat, move, sleep. And then there's the personal development component, the service component, and the deep work component. So I can walk through all of these, right? So let's talk about the, the eat, move, sleep. So the eat, move, sleep is, um, so my every year I come up with some goals, but it falls in the eat, move, sleep. So if I take an eat, all I say is um, I don't eat fast food and I drink you know, my weight in ounces in water every single day. So if I wake up and I run the whole day where I don't eat any fast food and I drink my weight in ounces, I'm, I weigh 180 pounds. If I drink my weight in ounces in water every single day, I check the box on eat and man, I'm, I'm off to the next five categories. Super, super simple. My move is just, I just need to exercise 30 minutes a day. That's it. That's it. It's super simple. So if I wake up and I've exercised 30 minutes that day, that's a win. That's a great day. So the sleep is where uh, we've engineered a lot of stuff. I actually have a sleep checklist and I'm not a checklist kind of guy. I'm like a hardcore, you know, go where my heart goes kind of guy. But Jared, I walk, it, it's painful, but I do my checklist every single day. Right before I go to bed, I'm like, hey, did I, it may sound really mundane, but did I brush? Did I floss? Did I rinse? Did I stretch? You know, did I roll on, on my foam mattress? Did I set set up my uh, you know, did I set up my clothes out for tomorrow? Just simple things, which have gotten me in a ritual for having a really good night's sleep. The goal here is, did I run my sleep by, by a checklist? Did I check everything on my list? And all of those are like very easily accomplishable. So even if I'm on the road, I should still be able to brush, floss, rinse. I mean, it's just creating this I got the checklist. So those are the three components of eat, move, sleep. And I know we're not, you know, everything you have to test what's good for you. And there's certain things that are just good for everybody. Like, like you said, liver enzymes, get up early. You know, it's there's right. probably a lot of other people that deal with that. So this may or may not be the right recipe for everybody. Again, everybody has to test this out, but we know you're getting up around five or a little before to get on your call. What time are you typically starting your evening wind down at night? And what time do you think you're hitting the pillow? Yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to do, uh, this has been the hardest part, and I, I'll, I'll share my, uh, my, what I've been doing the last uh, six, seven weeks. Jared, I think the, I'm starting the routine about 8.30. Somewhat trying to do this, what we call the, you know, kind of the digital shutdown, if you will. Just trying to yeah. put my phone in airplane mode. Just, I, hey, I can still use my phone, but I'm just going to put it in airplane mode. Just because that just, I, I, turning it off and putting it away uh, just felt very draconian to me, uh, just because I'd be like, Oh, I, I have a thought about tomorrow. I just want to add it. I don't mind me creating an interface with technology. I just don't want to be checking Facebook, checking feeds, checking email. I don't want to be someone else's agenda. So that's why I've, uh, just gone to airplane mode around eight thirty at night. And at nine, uh, this is where I try to, um, just kind of start the routine. And for somebody who, as you mentioned earlier in the show, was really used to kind of shutting down work at nine o'clock and then getting your best work done, obviously you've changed that. What's your target for just winding that up and then really starting, quote unquote, your evening where you can get on to other things? Yeah, so, so great, great. Uh, so that, that gets me to bucket number four and I call this just a deep work bucket. I've been really um, into the whole, uh, uh, if you've read Cal Newport's book, Deep Work, just a great book. And everybody talks about this, Jared, they tell you, you know, you need, you need four and a half hours of deep work and jam sessions. And I'm like, I don't have, you know, I can't, my, my life doesn't allow me like 90 minute blocks like that. Uh, so I, I created this uh, deep work and I call it the 30, 60, 90 block. So at some point in my day, if it's a masterpiece day, if it's a perfect day, I have done one block of 30 minutes, one block of 60 minutes and one block of 90 minutes of very focused work. And that seems a lot more manageable for me. And my first block of 30 minutes happens in the morning. So right when I wake up, um, I either get to work out or write. And um, I try to write, uh, just creates, I try to create something every day. And that gives me a lot of joy. And that's my 30 minute 
deep work block in the morning. I turn off, put my Wi-Fi off and just write or read. Just I want to create something. But so the deep work blocks end up being kind of the 30, 60, 90 minute blocks. But when I come home, my I got little kids. My uh, my son is six. My daughter is two. And they are in a place where uh, they can call me out just like they can probably call you out saying, hey, daddy, put away your phone. And that's really it is so it is so sad to do that. And uh, Jared, I'll tell a story, and I don't know if uh, you or your listener can connect with this, about for a year or so, I was pulling in the, I would pull in my driveway, my, my children would already be home, they would run out of the garage into the driveway, and they'd, you know, they'd start to, they'd start to be excited that I was home, and I would be on the phone, and I would just point them to the, you know, my index finger, and I'd say, I'd be, give me a minute, give me a minute. And this would happen over and over, and I would see their faces go from excitement to sadness as they walked back into the house. It's the saddest thing. And I, I, and Jared, all I did was I have created, I tried to do a state change. So right before I pull, when I pull into my neighborhood, I just pull over and I put on a, uh, uh, a guided meditation app for like five or six minutes just to get my, just, just change my state. That's it. I just change my state. That way I turn off my phone and, uh, you know, I'm in a better place because whatever call or whatever I had, I, I shut it off. And so when I pull in the garage and my, my kids come out, I'm just, a, I'm, you know, I, I'm on my path to being a better dad. And this is not hard. I've also realized now, and before, Jared, I always thought that uh, since I didn't have blocks of deep work, I would, I would just go from fire to fire. And then at the end of the day, I would be like, you know what? I didn't create anything. I need a block of deep work. Therefore, I should do it at night. But now that I've kind of baked these blocks in, even if I get one 30 or 60 minute block in of deep work, I feel like I contributed and created and built something that day, generally not unlike what it was in the past where I would just go fire to fire. And then at night, as you and I would have done in the past, I would just try to grind to create something at night to give myself the feeling of accomplishment before I went to bed. So it was eat, move, sleep, deep work. So those are the four. The other two, I, I think of them as service. And so if I think at the end of the day, we all believe, I've noticed that the days that I serve, the days that I create for a cause better than myself, um, I just feel better about myself. That just as simple as that. I mean, uh, and uh, ten years ago, Jared, I, it would have been really hard for me to say that, right? It would have been really hard for me to say to you, "Hey, I'm doing this activity because it makes me feel good about myself." And I think we all get bonus points for telling the truth, because if I do, I do the five AM club because it wakes me up and it makes me feel better about myself that I that I'm helping transform someone's life. When we give money to charities, it makes us feel better about ourselves. And let's not, if not, we would never do it anyway, right? So if I can just build some form of service into my day, and I like the 5 a.m. club, I do it seven days a week, that, that kind of checks that box on that for me. Uh, but if I've noticed that the days where I didn't have a service component, um, however small it may be, just a thank you note to somebody or just doing something in a, uh, that is bigger than ourselves, I found that it just left me a little uh, incomplete. And, and the, so, so the fifth bucket is service. And the last one, I, I just call it personal development. I try to read uh, five to 10 pages before I go to bed. I just want to uh, put something good into my brain so that I can create and, and live and think of a bigger and better tomorrow. So if a day goes by where I can't grow or I can't put myself in a position where I've learned and I developed personally, then it's a little incomplete. So those are the six buckets, eat, move, sleep, deep work service and personal development. So what I'm thinking about here is as you're going through that and you're you're putting those check boxes in, I'm sure you're doing this, you know, seven days a week, you're trying to get all of this in. I would ask, how are you, or how would you help somebody understand how not to beat themselves up if in just the grind of the day, they're not, you know, two or three days go by and they messed up on the eating box. So there's no checks there. They didn't get to sleep on time and do their checklist. They didn't, ran out of time during the day and didn't find somebody to serve because they weren't conscious of it. The pull is to say, oh, well, next week I'll do better. But if that happens for a prolonged period of time, how would you frame that for somebody to where it doesn't become overwhelming? Because you know what happens then. People just ditch it, right? So totally right. You're spot on. Uh, so two, two, two things. Number one is uh, if there is, if it doesn't find its way naturally onto your calendar, there's a good chance it's not getting done. And, and I think if we can't build our days around it. So um, the one thing that I've done, Jared, I'll, I'll share this. Uh, I actually told Craig Ballantyne, our mutual friend, this as well. Right before I go to bed, this has probably been a very transformative thing for me. Right before I go to bed, I uh, and before I turn off the lights, I close my eyes. And it sounds a little hokey, but I close my eyes. And what I try to do is I try to kind of do the Michael Phelps thing where I, I, 
I just visualize my entire next day. So, hey, here's Sharon waking up. I hear my alarm go off. I don't snooze because that's not, that's the wrong domino you want to set off. I chug a glass of water because I put the water night and right next to my bed. I don't have to go find it. It's right there. I, you know, I dress up, I go downstairs, I make my call, I go work out. I just walk my, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to eat this for breakfast. So I already pre-make the choices. I eat, I do this for breakfast. I, I do three blocks of deep work. I come home, I do this meditation. Uh, you know, I hang out with my kids. I get my wife ready. I get my ready for my next day and I'm back here and I'm going to write down what I did. That's, that's all I visualize. I mean, that's it. Talking about it is actually a lot longer than you think about it. And if you get, yeah, cause you said it's all in one minute. Right. Just super fast. I just walk through the day in my head because then the next day when you're in, you encounter that moment of waking up and the alarm goes off, it feels like you've already done it. And so you just do that. So that, that would, my first thing would be the days that I visualize or the nights that I visualize my next day are, are, are significantly more masterpiece like than the nights that I don't. And, and I always ask myself, like, why don't I visualize? So that's part of my nightly checklist now. The last thing I do is visualize my day before I turn off my light. And it's super been super powerful to do that. That's number one. Number two, Jared, I just got away from the grid because it's too stressful. Hmm. I just write on a single page every night, just my, in, my, in, my, you know, in my brain dump. I just write, eat, move, sleep, you know, deep work, service, personal development. You know, once you have that, I just write the, you know, what I did for each of those that day so I can look at it and feel good about it. And then I just turn the page that way. Every day is a new day is a new day and a new chance for me to add, have that masterpiece day without having the baggage of the previous days of me not potentially accomplishing it kind of encroach onto what I can do that next you day. You hit it spot on with what I was hoping, where I was hoping that you would take that for the listeners without knowing. And whenever I'm coaching these financial advisors here that I'm working with my office or my private coaching clients, I was given this advice of wisdom long ago, as it sounds like maybe you were or came to realize on your own, that if we're focused on the outcome and we're constantly seeing those that grid not being filled out, that's going to be a, an extreme form of self-sabotage. Whereas if we're looking at the process, so the process is eat, move, sleep, service, you know, going on down through those and starting anew each day and saying, okay, can I just stick to the process of doing what I need to do each day, flipping the page and moving on? It's helping you to stay focused on it each day because you're sticking to the process, not focusing on your defeats or where you didn't add up or, you know, eventually just ditching it, right? Because we're all different, but human nature is a lot alike when it comes to accomplishing things. And we will, we will ditch it if it becomes too much or too hard to handle. You're, 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 you're spot on. And, and I, you know, the last thing that we want to look at, like I, Jared, I do whatever it takes to take away any kind of friction, self-doubt, like, uh, you know, like a, like a, some kind of, uh, you know, hard, no holds barred accountability where I have to guilt some me into doing something. If I have to guilt myself into doing something, it's probably not naturally, you know, occurring in my life. Like I, I don't want it. I don't want it. And if I can't align with the goals that I want and be inspired by the things that I need to do to create the life that I want, well, then I just need to probably reframe my blueprint and have more self-awareness on the life that I want. Uh, and, uh, there's a really great book, uh, by this guy named Dan Sullivan, who's a, who's a super coach yeah. up in, uh, Canada as run strategic coach. He, this book is called wanting what you want, right? It's just so great. It's a short book. And I think a lot of times we, um, create this, this rationale for why we want something. It's like, well, I want a Porsche because it's going to do these three things. Or I want a big house on the water. Like, because like there is no, because you want a Porsche. Great. You want a house on the water. Great. Just want what you want. Yeah. And it takes away all the pressure around, uh, you know, everything else. And so as soon as you stop having a reason, I found, Jared, that you may not even want what you thought you want. <laughs> that is so true. Our brains as well-meaning adults who should know better, that seems like the most simple thing. But we don't, right? I mean, we, many times we dive into things and then realize that it was foolish. Why did I, you know, why did I do this? So I think it all comes back to examination and really this this checklist is awesome. These masterpiece days. I think that's great. I think, man, you've provided us with so many nuggets here today. Where can we steer listeners your way? Where can they see more of your writing, find out more about what you're doing? 
Yeah. So thank you. So the, the easiest way is uh, Sharon.com. So that's S-H-A-R-R-A-N.com. One of my uh, kind of gifts that I'm trying to give back to the world is I write a, uh, I write a daily email called the Daily Mojo, which is just a, a short burst of inspiration. It's free, of course, uh, just to get something delivered into people's inboxes. And uh, Jared, you'll really like uh, the, Hopefully you like the thought process around this. I've actually unsubscribed to all information. So I say, hey, if I can go search for it, like I'll, I'm gonna unsubscribe from it, but I, I'm subscribing to inspiration and unsubscribing to information, and so that's been. So my goal has been, hey, how can I get a, a an email into the? And Jared, I would wake up every morning and I would look through my email, and the first thing that I would see, the, the first thing that people do when they look at their email is they have a bunch of email, they hit select and they start deleting email. That's the first thing that they do, which is okay, but the problem is. I wanted someone to say, hey, I'm going to turn on my email and I'm going to go to Sharon's email first because I'm guaranteed something positive, something inspirational. So I wanted to provide that, which is just one iPhone screen length worth of text where you can kind of skim it and create some uh, joy out of it. I write that every single day. It's called The Daily Mojo. It's easy to subscribe. So everything is at uh, S-H-A-R-R-A-N.com. Yeah, we wish you the best. And uh, I will definitely go over and subscribe to that because I had to learn that hard lesson in 2017 that a lot of good stuff at some point becomes noise if you're not able to filter through it. You're either missing stuff or you're not doing the right thing. So, man, we wish you the best. Uh, again, I'll link all this up in show notes. Thanks for your time here today and look forward to watching more and more content that you're putting out to help us all be better. And the thing I love about you, man, that I, you know, I just want to affirm you here for a second. The thing that I love about you that has really kept me engaged this whole, uh, this whole conversation more than anything is that you and I share a lot of the same ideas of, you know, it's, it's the upgraded peak performance, right? Which could mean a lot of different things, but doing that in a very easy and bite-sized way to where people can test, not become overwhelmed, not throw it in the drawer and not look at it again for a while, as we just mentioned. But all the stuff you mentioned today is not rocket science, but wow, it'll sure change and turn your life around. And I think people need more of that than so much of the in-your-face, hard, complex stuff that maybe they don't need to get on the track they need to be on and get out of sickness and get onto the path that you know you and I both had to go through. So, man, I just want to affirm you that. Thanks so much. Thank you. And I, and I want to make sure that people know that it takes a lot to do what you do and uh, time out of your day and uh, production and post-production and all of that. So thank you for what you do. Hey guys, I loved having Sharon on the podcast today and hope you took a ton away from his big picture, big thinking message. If you guys would like to connect directly with me, the best way to do that is to shoot my team an email at info at success101podcast.com or you can catch me in the world of social media on Facebook at the Success 101 Podcast Facebook community page or on Instagram under the name at Success 101 Podcast. I'll catch you guys on the next awesome episode. Until then.